0: us about uh, Gideon. One of my favorite passages of scripture uh, is about the life of Gideon. And um, uh, I know you were blessed, like I said, we are blessed in this church to have resources and to have people that have come uh, and been gifted by God to uh, to step in in mighty, mighty ways uh, in my absence. And it's great to be back home, and it's good to be in the house of the Lord with my church family this morning. Amen? Amen. Amen. Well, we sort of, um, we hit on the high points of Esther, and and coming out of that series, um, as we were away last week, um, and as I prayed, and as I've been in prayer, um, I felt led to sort of step into a new, uh, you could call it a series if you want to, because I'm not sure how far we're really going to go. This could go to September. I don't know till the Lord comes back. I really don't know. So y'all buckle your seatbelts because it's going to be a great ride. Um, but we're going to start this new, new collection of talks, as they say these days. And uh, it's called Pray This Way. Pray This Way. I'm flat out excited because we're talking about the Lord's Prayer. The Lord's Prayer. And, and I know some of you know it. And if you, if you could turn in your Bibles this morning to Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6 will be around verse 7 through 13. There we go. Felt like I was preaching to, out in the parking lot again. Uh, Matthew chapter 6. When you have it, say amen. That's a few of you. Matthew chapter 6, verses 7 through 13. And when you pray, this is Jesus talking. And when you pray, do not use vain repetitions as the heathen do. <laughs> for they think that they will be heard for their many words. But don't be like them, Jesus says. Let me back up one slide. When you pray, do not use vain repetitions as the heathen do. This is in the Bible. <laughs> read this. Let me, pray. Let me read it one more time. These words should be in red. Are they in red in your Bible? Yeah. And when you pray, do not use vain repetitions as the heathen do, for they think they'll be heard for their many words. I'll move on. Therefore, Jesus says once again, do not be like them. In case you didn't understand what I said in the first part of the verse. Do not be like them. For your Father knows the things you have need of before you ask Him. Before. So in this manner therefore pray. In other words, he he says pray like this. Our Father, and if you know it, then you know it, right? We know this prayer. I know a lot of us know it. We've grown up around it. Some of us have heard it time and time and time again. It's going to be on the screen, but if you know it, say it with me. Pray it with me. It's powerful. We're going to be here for a few weeks at least and really learning the true power of this prayer. But Jesus said, This, therefore, pray like this. He said, and if you know it, say it. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Do me a favor, flip over to Luke chapter 11. Luke chapter 11 is the parallel to this record that Matthew records. But Luke, see Matthew records it in his way, and Luke records it in his way. And Luke gives us a little detail of the story that's crucial, it's so important. And the first part, it says, Luke says this, One day Jesus was praying in a certain place. And when he ceased, when he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, say this with me, teach us to pray. And so where we see Jesus begin to teach on prayer in Matthew chapter 6, the whole reason he did that is because his disciples asked him to they said, hey, we want to learn how to pray, Jesus. Teach us to pray. And so with that in mind, we're going to begin rolling through this, unpacking this. And I don't know how far we're going to get, but we're going to begin the journey of stepping into the Lord's Prayer and walking through a little bit of this and realizing the power of the Lord's Prayer. Not just rote repetition, but what's the power of the Lord's Prayer. And uh, I wonder if you would pray with me real quick bow your heads. Let the words of my mouth, God, and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight. O Lord, my strength and my redeemer, be with us all. Let us hear what you would have us to hear this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. So Jesus, he begins this discourse on prayer in Matthew chapter 6, and he actually starts in verse 5. The reason that he begins to share about prayer is because the disciples asked him, Lord, teach us, would you teach us how to pray? And the reason they're asking, you know, these guys, these disciples, right? They're remedial sometimes, right? They sort of, maybe not the sharpest tool in the the shed, if you would. Maybe a few cards short of the whole deck sometimes. They just, they just didn't get it. But you got to give them a little bit of grace because this was all new information to them. They're trying to process all this, and it's a lot. But a lot of times they were pretty clueless, right? Most of the time around the ministry of Jesus and when they started walking through this stuff. But you know what? They figured it out. They figured one thing out. The disciples might have struggled with some things, but they did figure this out. They would wake up in the morning and Jesus was already up praying more more times than not. Jesus was already up. And Jesus would go talk to the Father, right, in prayer. And he would get instructions from God on what to do. God would, would give Jesus revelation. He, Jesus would pray in the morning. The disciples would see this. He would get revelation. He would get instructions from God Almighty. And then he would go out and do amazing things in the presence of these disciples and many of the crowds. And so they figured this out really, really quick. They never asked Jesus how to, see, how to heal the sick. They never asked Jesus, hey, how do we raise the dead? They didn't ask Jesus, how do we cleanse the lepers? Jesus, how do we preach? They didn't ask any of that. What they did ask is, would you teach us how to pray? Because they were sharp enough to understand that his prayer life was directly connected to the ministry that he did in front of their eyes. They understood that his private life with God was directly connected to his public ministry. And friends, so is yours. So is yours. You've got to get this in your heart. They figured out that Jesus would pray and then do. He would get alone with the Father. He would talk to the Father. And he would hear the Father's voice. And then he would do ministry. Jesus' doing came out of his being in prayer. And so does yours. His public life was directed by his private life. And so is ours. Jesus will go on to say in the book of John, I only do what the Father tells me to do. And folks, I truly believe that if we can get that point into our life where we don't do what the culture says, we don't do what our emotions say, we don't do what our cravings say, we don't do what our body tells us, what our imagination tells us, that if we get to that point in our lives where we do what the Father tells us, we become spirit-led people. And that's what made Jesus amazing, what led Jesus to do all that he did. It's not just that, well, oh, he was God, so he did it. Jesus set, set the example for you and for me, as he always did. He said, teach us, they said, teach us to pray. We see God, we see Jesus, but we, Lord, we see you doing things, and we see your ministry being affected by your prayer life. We see this pattern, and it's the same for us. Jesus taught us that we could be led by the Holy Spirit. We could be full of the Holy Spirit. We could be empowered by the Holy Spirit. And we could be directed by the Father, just as Jesus was. Jesus purposely took on the position of a servant, of a leader, of someone who said, you know what, I'm going to lead by example and I'm going to be a servant. That's what Philippians 2 tells us. Why? So that we could learn. From his example, we could learn how to serve. We could learn to be spirit led, spirit empowered people so that we could be submitted to the Father and see the results that Jesus saw. And the Lord's Prayer gives us a glimpse of how we should pray, how we can pray, the possibilities of prayer. And this is the call of the new creation. We're not just kind of trying to figure this out, we're not walking through life hoping things work out okay but we're talking to God, we're hearing from God, we're being led and empowered by the Holy Spirit, and we're going to walk each day by the grace of God. It's it's what I like to call, we we kind of, you know, the world walks around without all this. We kind of have an unfair advantage to the world. It's it's the Holy Spirit unfair advantage. Like I prayed in my prayer, you know, the world walks around with no hope, the word of God says that we don't mourn in the way the world mourns as people with no hope. We go out with a charge. We go out with confidence because our God has heard our prayers. And we're walking with him and we're empowered by the Holy Spirit. I mean, if you believe that, you walk out of, the, of your, your house every day with a confidence, with a, with a boldness. You say, you know what? God's in control. And I'm okay with that. The Holy Spirit unfair advantage We don't have to fear what the world fears. We don't have to live like they live. live. We're led by the Holy Spirit. This is what Jesus is telling us. He says, okay, guys, I want you to pray in this manner. Now, when he says in this manner, he's not simply saying, I want want you to say this out loud. You know, we're really good. And, And he says, pray this in this manner. Pray this way. In fact, he tells us, don't pray just out of vain repetition like the heathen do when i was first a christian i didn't know what a heathen was but if jesus was telling me not to be one i sure didn't want to be one it's like when 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 you read the book of proverbs and it says you know the the man who doesn't take care of his family is worse than an infidel well i don't want to know what an infidel is but i sure don't want to be worse than one same kind of concept but don't be like the heathen do. So we do the same thing sometimes, though. We just, He says, you know, don't be, don't be just repeating. Don't do this. He says, you know, do, do, do it in this manner. Do it this way. Pray this way. But we're really good at being religious, right? We're really good at saying, just tell me what I need to do. We don't have a workspace salvation. It's a gift. There's nothing we can do to earn it. So you can't just say to God, okay, God, just tell me what I need to do to be saved. And, and that there, we do the same thing. We learn something and then we just start repeating it. But Jesus said, don't do that. Don't do what the heathens do and just repeat it over and over again. But a lot of times we do. You know, we do that. People, say, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, The kingdom come unto and will on earth as it is in heaven. And we just do that and we do the very thing that Jesus told us not to do. Did you read that in the Bible this morning with me? That Jesus said, don't do that. Now, I'm not telling you that you can't pray the Lord's Prayer. I'm not telling you that you can't pray the Our Father. Don't send me emails online. Do not comment. And don't throw things at me here in the crowd. I'm not saying you can't pray that. Go ahead. But what I am saying is, if, if if, if that's all it is to you, then you've radically missed the whole point of what Jesus is saying. He's giving us a model. He's giving us a manner. He says, pray like this. Jesus says, you know, I'm going to give you the keys to prayer, the points to prayer. These kingdom keys that can release breakthrough in your life if you hear the words I'm saying. But don't just repeat them over and over. But we're going to connect with God through this prayer. And through praying like this to have a real intimate relationship with Almighty God. So it's important that we know what God is inviting us into. He says, pray like this. My prayer is that this series that we're we're talking about, the Lord's Prayer, is going to release our church to pray like never before. And let me remind you that this is the call of God for the church. Jesus said, my house will be called a house of prayer. And until we are called, until we are a house of prayer, we're, we're missing it. We're missing it. This should not just be a house of good music and some good teaching once in a while. It shouldn't just be a house of, oh, they got a good kids ministry. This should be a house of prayer where the people of God pray and the people of God get answers to prayer and can testify to that. Jesus said, that's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for a praying church. And so I'm saying, Holy Spirit, Teach me to pray. And and, and we are sitting there with the disciples in 2,000 some years later this morning. And we're saying to God this morning, we're saying to the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, teach us to pray. Teach us. Are you open to that this morning? Jesus says, when you begin to pray, you first say, Our Father. Now this might not be that exciting to you or that radical to you by praying our Father. We do it a lot. We, we pray, you know, our Father God, our Father, you know, we, we've been doing that for a while. It might not be crazy or, or, or think that it's radical to you. But 2,000 years ago, you got to understand, the very reason that the, the Jewish leaders wanted Jesus gone, persecuted Jesus and wanted him gone, and the very reason they crucified Jesus was because he called himself the son of God. He said that God was his father. They called this blasphemy. Remember that? Jesus said, God is my father. Whoa, 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 whoa. This is the very thing that got him crucified. So when Jesus looks at the people gathered there and they say, teach us to pray. And he says, I want you to pray this, our father. That would have been, that would have been a huge gasp. They would have flipped out. They would have been on their heads because, no, 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 he's not our father. (laughs) The religious leaders in that time would have been fuming. And they did. Because Jesus is now saying that this great and awesome God of Israel, the God that they claimed as their own, can now be your father. That was incredible, groundbreaking, revolutionary. And so we've heard it for years now, and we've kind of, you know, in church tradition, we've heard this for so many years. But think about the power of what that means, that God can be our Father, and we can be His children. My favorite portion of Scripture, and I'm sure if you've known me for any amount of time, my favorite portion of Scripture is Romans chapter 8. And in Romans 8, and verse 14, it says this, for all who are led by the spirit of God are say it with me sons of God for you do not receive you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear but you have received the power of adoption as sons by whom we cry abba father or daddy father this is the most intimate sweet way to call a father it's not formal But it's innocent and childlike. Abba. And then in verse 16. The Spirit Himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. Children of God. And co-heirs with Christ. And if children, then heirs. Heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ. Provided we suffer with Him in order that we may also be glorified with Him. And this is so awesome because... It's not a spirit of fear. It's not a spirit of slavery. In other words, this isn't some slavery, right? It's not some cold, legalistic, religious, I have to, but it's my God is, God is my father. And I'm now being led by the spirit of almighty God. I'm receiving an inheritance from God. And now I call him father. Get this in your spirit. Our father meant a lot when Jesus said, pray this way. Start out by saying, our Father. And then he says this, yet, in John chapter 1, verse 12, yet, to all who did receive him, believed, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Say it with me. Comment on the comments on the, on the Facebook live. Say it with me. I am a child of God. Say it. I am a child of God. Of God, Believe that this morning, church. Look at this, the next verse. Children not born of natural descent or human decision or a husband will, husband's will, but born of God. Now that's good in the NIV, right? That's good. We're children of God. You know, I like that. <laughs> but in the message, it says this. But whoever did want him, whoever received him, Whoever did want him, who believed he was, who he claimed, and who would do what he said, he made to be their true selves, their child of God's selves. Get that in your heart this morning, church. You're not even your true self until you believe. Then your true self, your child of God's self, is revealed Understand that all people, and and this is huge, all people, you know, people would come to me and, and they would say, well, aren't we all God's children? How many have heard people say that, that aren't believers? Well, we're all God's children. Let me tell you something, church. All people are God's creation, but only those who receive Christ are God's children. This should be the best news we have ever heard. It should be that God is our Father and we are His children. That should be revolutionary. That should be amazing, awesome news that we can call God Father. Abba, Father. It should make us shout and rejoice and celebrate and all of that. But honestly, to some of us, they say pump the brakes a little, Pastor. Because when we hear the term Father, that, that term comes with a lot of baggage for some people comes with a lot, of, a lot of memories, with a lot of disappointment when we hear the term father. Say, God can be your father. You know, we talk about good, good father, right? And we hear God can be my father. Have you met my earthly father? Comes with a lot of unresolved issues, right? Jesus is calling us to have a relationship with the father and yet when we hear father, we start thinking about performance. Did I do enough to make my dad proud? And, and I know a lot of us have those father issues i get that and i think that jesus knew that too we start thinking there's so many negative emotions that come along with the idea of father for a lot of us i understand that they were never meant to but they do they come along with it and one of the greatest things that every believer is going to have to do is they're going to have to get a breakthrough from god and get healing from that father wound that you carry around If you ever really want to walk with God as your father, and sometimes I almost think that, that maybe God reveals himself as father for that very sake. That we really have to do business with our own father issues. And so I think that in calling us to a relationship with a father, that God is calling us to healing. He's calling us to forgiveness. He's calling us to have to deal with stuff that we don't necessarily want to deal with. But he calls us out and says, you know what? You call me father. And I know I'm not like your earthly father. And, I, and, and please don't make that comparison, Jesus. I'm sure he wants us to, to separate that and get healing and get a bigger picture of what the term father really is supposed to mean. He says, pray this, pray our father. You could never really know and trust God fully until you've settled that father issue. A.W. Tozer says this, "When it comes what comes to your mind when you think about God is the most important thing about you." So when you when you relate to God your father, what comes to your mind when you think about God is the most important thing about you. See, our view of God is no doubt shaping every part of us. How we see God is how we see everything else. We see it through that lens. Therefore, Jesus is now confronting our own images of father and authority so we can truly be set free. Be set free and be fathered by God. It's, this is big in some people's lives. This is big. It's going to take you. It's, it's really, it, it can be really revolutionary and freeing for you. But it's going to take you getting really open and honest with God, Almighty God, our Father, about your own issues. Now, Jesus didn't hold back. When he talks about earthly fathers versus our heavenly father, remember in Luke 11, Jesus flat out calls out earthly fathers. He says, You know, earthly fathers are evil, our heavenly father is perfect. Even Jesus was talking about good fathers. He said, If your child asks you for a piece of bread, you don't give them a stone. Remember this? He says, if if your child asks you for a fish, you don't give him a snake, you're a good father. But he said, you know, earthly fathers, although you're evil, you know how to give good gifts to your children. Jesus said that. How much more will your heavenly father give you the Holy Spirit? So even the best fathers, earthly fathers, are broken. Give them that. Even the best dads aren't perfect. And according to Jesus, we obviously still have evil in our heart. (laughs) And so do those earthly fathers. So Jesus is telling us that we can have this relationship with Almighty God as Father that can give us everything that we're missing in our earthly relationship with our Father. No matter how good or bad it was, Jesus calls us to healing, to forgiveness, to honesty, To get really serious about this because as long as the image of your father is broken you may struggle with the image of God being your heavenly father and you'll wonder why I'm 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 so hot on fire for God and then I'm so cold again and, and and so so I go from one extreme you know legalism to then extreme liberalism why do I why do I flounder why do I do this How do I go from making a decision to follow Him to back to the same habits? You need to solve some of these issues in your life. You need to deal with them. You're in performance mode if you follow that that pattern. You say, oh man, I needed to please my my, my earthly father. I needed to please earthly father figures in my life. And you'll equate that with your relationship with the heavenly father, with Almighty God. That you need to do and you need to please him and you need to perform. That's where that legalistic life comes into play. They say, you know, what do I need to do? I got to, oh, I got to toe the line here. Because if I get out of line, just like my heavenly father, there's, there's, some, there's punishment. I better stay in line. So that legalistic life, on the other side of that, you flip-flop back over and say, I can't keep those standards, so I might as well live the way I want to live. The legalistic life and the wild life are both godless. They're both godless. Neither of them are being led by the Holy Spirit. Because neither of them are secure in their father relationship with Almighty God. I'm either trying to to perform because of brokenness, or I'm going crazy because of brokenness. And I'm never really in the center of God's perfect will by the Almighty God, with the Almighty God, because I haven't solved these issues. You've got to deal with some of that. Not only are we dealing with that, but then theologically, we we all have these misconceptions about God. Remember, theologically, the Jewish leaders of the day had a problem with Jesus saying, He's my Father and can be your Father. And a lot of times, it's because of incomplete teaching about the atonement. You see, a lot of us, if we're honest, we've thought from time to time or we've known, not you, you guys are good church people, I know, but people you know may have thought, you watching online, not you guys, people that you might know. You see God a lot of times in Jesus and you see the two of them and you think good cop, bad cop situation. You think, you know, God of the Old Testament, right? We think, there, we think there's God and he's the Old Testament guy, right? And he had, he had wrath and he had, punishment, and he had things, boy, I'll tell you, he was extreme. God did some extreme things in the Old Testament, and man, he was just, he was that guy. He was just, man. But then, you know, you think Jesus, you thought, oh, Jesus, I'm cool with Jesus. God, I don't know, I'm a little afraid, but Jesus, I'm good. I'm cool with Jesus. You know, the feathered hair, I mean, he's got a lamb around his neck. Everything's cool, right? And Jesus, you know, he's like, Turn the other cheek, love, peace, let's do all this. And because of bad teaching, we've actually pitted, pitted the father up against the son. We've actually got this good cop, bad cop thing going on. And we say, you know what? Jesus is a peaceful and he's loving and all of that. And he loves us enough and he died for us and all of that. And God is over here and he's waiting for it. we're waiting on wrath. But Jesus said that the father and I are one. That's what Jesus said. The Father and I are actually one. There's no good cop, bad cop. There's only good. But because of this, we somehow think that the Father... Here's how we we process this sometimes. We think that the Father was mad at the world. The Father was mad at sinners, right? And the Father was mad at you and me. But Jesus got in the way and said, Hey, hold on. I'll die on the cross so, God, you don't have to go get him. That's a lot of times how we how we believe, and before you know it, we no longer believe a gospel where God saves us from hell, where God it saves us from the grave, where God saves us from the devil and saves us from our sin. We actually have a gospel where Jesus is saving us from the Father. That's not the gospel. <laughs> Theologically, this is a little bit heavy, and I, I know, but we hear things that God, we hear things like this. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. But what we think is, for God was so angry with the world that he had his son killed for you and for me. Now if you've ever thought that, that's a wrong view of the atonement. It's like, well, you know, God's cool. God's okay with me because of Jesus. Right? Like there was this Wrath that God had, but Jesus steps in and says, oh, I, I'll save you from him. God's cool with me because of Jesus. We've separate, separated the two. And in doing so, the reason that you can't get like breakthrough and in intimacy with God, the reason you can't get the breakthrough in your faith, the reason you still doubt and fear, is because in your hearts, in your heart of hearts, you still believe that God is against you. That God's going to get you. But God somehow is putting up with you and dealing with you. But because of Jesus, you're okay. And that's not a proper view of the atonement. That's not a proper view of the gospel. God the Father did not kill Jesus. Get that, just just process that for a moment. Jesus said, I and the Father are one. So if anyone is in Christ, 2 Corinthians tells us this. If anyone is in Christ, he is a what? Say it again. That's better. He is a new creation. The old has passed away, and behold, the new has come. You say, Pastor, I thought we were going to talk about prayer. Yeah, we're getting there. But right now we have to process of who God is when we say our Father. We have to process that first before we get into prayer. The old has, the the new has come, the old has passed away. And then it continues on. All this is from God, who, two words, through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, he says it again, that is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself. This is the gospel, right? This is what happened. This wasn't God sending Jesus so he didn't have to get him, or us. But God in Christ, the two are one. This is not Jesus saving us from the Father. This is the Father and the Son, by the power of the Holy Spirit, saving you and me. Saving sinners, defeating hell, defeating death, defeating Satan. It wasn't something that Jesus had to do because the Father was angry but this was God. In fact, look back at what it said in verse 19. In Christ, God was reconciling. In other words, there was this perfect agreement between the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit saving mankind, not counting their trespasses against them, and entrusting us to the message of reconciliation. I hope you're catching this this morning. I'm, and I know it's kind of theological, but a lot of us have to hear this because if we don't, we'll just skip over it and, the, and you'll, you'll simplify it in your life. and You'll say, well, you know, like, hey, you just pray God, pray to Father in the name of Jesus, right? John 16 says, pray to pray to God, the Father in the name of Jesus. And we just move on. And the reality is we're still scared of God. We're still afraid that God's going to get us and he's only going to deal with us because of Jesus. That Jesus is the good guy and that God God is somehow waiting, and and Jesus is saying, no, hold back, he's mine. It's not good news, it's not bad news, it's not not like that about Jesus and the Father. It's it's not the God of paganism demanding blood, but a gracious, loving, triune God that took our place. Who died our death and defeated our enemy, conquering our enemies. And we didn't, didn't, why didn't God use other ways. Well, that's just the way God decided to do it, but God and, God and Jesus are one. And God didn't use violence to save us. Peter had that view that, 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 that salvation was going to come by force. Peter might have had that view when, when they came to arrest Jesus and Peter pulled out the sword. Ah, the kingdom is going to come by force, by violence. We're going to have our way. And Jesus says, no, it's actually going to come by me laying down my life. Jesus didn't come to save us from the Father. Jesus came to reveal the Father. And so as Jesus is preparing to lay down his life, in John 17, he prays this in verse 26, I made known to them your name. Jesus says, that's why I came. I came to let people know that you have a Father, and he is the Almighty God. He goes on to say, because a lot of you are thinking, okay, so what does the Father look like, right? Jesus goes on, what does he act like? Jesus said, the Father and I are one. He said this in John 14, 9, whoever has seen me has seen the Father. Theologically, we would say this, that Jesus is God with a face. Jesus is the face of Of God, what's the Father like? Is He angry? Is He wrathful? Is He vengeful? He's just like Jesus because they are one. If you've seen Jesus, you've seen the Father. Pastor, I thought we were going to talk about prayer. Yeah, we're getting there. I promise you, we're going to get there. But so many people only pray in in the emergencies, right? And God has become nine one one, and we go to God and we believe is angry or at best annoyed with what we are doing with our issues. But nothing could be further from the truth. We come boldly before the throne of grace. We come under the shadow of the Almighty. Resting in his promises. See prayer is not a labor of love. But communion with our heavenly father. So what is this our father? And why is that so important? Jesus looks at his disciples and says, you can pray this way. You can pray this way. Don't just repeat it. Don't let it just become rote and habit. There have been different ways to pray. I know everyone prays in their own way. But I would challenge you to really realize in your prayer life, your private prayer life, when it's just you and God, not when you're praying in front of other people because you, you'd, be, you'd, be, you'd have to come to this altar right now if you said, I pray the same way I, I pray by myself that I pray in front of other people. Right? You pray in front of other people, boy, it's, it's these and thou's and thy's and my, my Father in heaven, I beseech thee. But when you're praying, when you're praying by yourself, you're like, oh God, oh God. I would challenge you that in your own private prayer life, before we dig in in the next coming weeks to the rest of of the prayer and what it actually means and the depth of this simple six-verse or so prayer, in your prayer life, begin your prayers with our Father. In light of what you've just heard, and, and we've read from the Scriptures what it actually means when Jesus says, pray like this, start with our Father. When you're praying alone or or, or with a prayer partner or your your spouse or whoever you pray with, start those prayers by saying, our Father. It will sort of put your heart in check and, and, and align yourself with who God really is. That He's not good cop, bad cop, and Jesus stepped in and and God's just waiting to get you. That's not who God is. God is Jesus. Jesus is God. They're the same. So when you go before, don't be afraid to pray our Father. And don't think when you pray, oh Jesus, that it's different. It's not. Jesus and the Father are one. They are both for you and not against you. And they are both sovereign and in control, despite what you see in front of you. They are in control. He is in control. Would you stand? I'm going to close with a word of prayer and a a chorus of a song at the end here. I could even have the worship team that's left here come on up. But as you reflect on what you just heard, and I want you to do that, when Jesus says pray this way, he says, our Father, loving Heavenly Father, And it's the picture when Jesus says, you know, come to him and say, Abba, Father. And that's the picture of Daddy, Papa. And I I pray that you would begin to solve and ask God to help you. If you have those father issues in your earthly father relationship, that you would be able to work through those. Give those to God ask him for help. I'll just use Randy. Thank you as much as I want to. And I also would, would, if you're a father here or watching us online and, and you're a father and you feel like, you know what, pastor, I've dropped the ball myself. I haven't been the father that God has wanted me to be and I feel like I've come up short. I pray for healing for you this morning. But the picture of Abba Father is is that picture that we can crawl up on your Father's lap. Your Daddy's lap. And that He would embrace you. And that He would hold you close. So that you can say, Father, daddy and you could be comforted in the arms of God this morning say pastor I got a lot to work through I got these dad issues and I I got issues myself I know we all do but take just a few moments come close to our heavenly father our Abba father Allow Him to comfort you and heal you. Spend some time in His arms. Let's pray. God, our Father, we've heard from Your Word this morning. We've heard time and time again that You call us us to be your children <laughs> you call out Lord to creation and you call creation to respond and to become children Lord we know that you've created that people are created by you but it's a whole other thing Lord to be called your son, your daughter. But God, your word says that we have been adopted through Christ by you to be called your children so that we can say, Abba, Father. God, we are thankful this morning that we have the privilege of calling you our Father. God, I thank you in advance for what you're going to do in people's lives this morning. People, Lord, that need to settle some father issues that they've had with their earthly father. Or people that are fathers that need to settle some things. And Lord, I pray that those fathers that are gathered here would seek your help and your guidance. And God, we will never be perfect, but with your help and with the help of the Holy Spirit that lives in us. Our desire is that we would be more Christ-like each and every time, Lord, each and every moment of every day, that we would be striving to be more Christ-like by the power of the Holy Spirit, not of our own efforts. Thank you, Lord, for in advance for what you're going to do in our lives. And I pray, Lord, that we would be blessed through the hearing of your word. And Father, as we are bow, we bowed our hearts and our heads and we're in prayer, Lord, this morning, we're reflecting on what we've heard, I can't help but wonder, Lord, if there are those within the sound of my voice here this morning or watching online that would respond to this message and say you know what god i've <laughs> i have a lot of hurt in my past i have a lot of father issues whether it was a missing father or disappointment or whatever it is lord but those lord that would say that's me this morning pastor i i'm am, i am ready to Work through these issues, through the power of the Holy Spirit, and I will trust God to help me through this. If that's you this morning, I want to lift you in prayer. If that's you, say, Pastor, that's me. I'm ready to work through these issues. I'm ready to work through this, and I'm ready to receive that this morning. Just slip your hand up and say, Pastor, that's me. I've had some issues, I've had some things I need to deal with, and I'm ready to deal with them. Would you pray for me? God, you know people's hearts. You know those, Lord, that need that touch. Pray, Lord, that you would provide that healing. We believe, Lord, your word says, we believe in divine healing this morning. And I pray, Lord, that your healing power would go to those, Lord, who have said, that's me. I need some healing this morning from issues in my past so that I can fully accept that that God, you are my Father. And I can come to you, Lord, saying, Abba, Father. And crawl up in your arms when I need to. I thank you, Lord, for each and every person who has come this morning. I thank you, Lord, for each person who has joined us online. There are many names, Lord, in the Scriptures. For you. But this morning we look at our Father. So our Father, we thank you. We praise your name, Father. We give you all of the glory. Because you so richly deserve it. We pray this in Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen and amen. Brenda, would you put the chorus for... uh, jesus messiah up on the screen and we're going to close with singing that uh chorus this morning you got to go over a little amen and amen it's okay your cursor's on the screen yeah well Get it? Let me get it. I know we most of us know it, but I don't want to forget it.